Hello. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ray's Music Reviews, uh, a part of Go Home Heat, uh, where we talk about music. We are joined today by... Uh, I forgot my nickname yet again. Jared. Rush. Rush. I'll take Rush, Jared. Rush, Jared. Yeah. Journey, Jared. That was my mom's favorite band, so... Inherited. Yes. I know... One Jackal song? Jared Jackal <laughs> You ever heard of the band Jackal? No Wait for the rain You know that song? No Uh Their thing was What was it the <laughs> Okay Jazz They had a Can song called Chain They had a song called Chain uh, I'm a lumberjack baby And he played the chainsaw Like in the mic I saw that dude live in concert I bet that was great Cuz had a riding bull And a chainsaw And like Did not like Wow! Like cut his, cut his uh, chair up, and like uh, on stage. I, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but in my mind, he got on the bull with the chainsaw, and I and I was wondering if he was gonna like accidentally sever himself. That would be what if what a, what an encore! <laughs> what an encore! <laughs> oh yeah, rock me, roll me, jackal me uh, is what they said. That was that was a T-shirt for him. Yeah, they were. Dude, so classy. I kind of want that. Yes. <laughs> I need to find me a yes. like a vintage T-shirt with that on it. There's oh, they're touring. They're touring. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they do the me- the hair metal. They still got the circuit. chainsaw. I'm sure he does. He has to. That guy had a show on one of these networks, like the Country Music Channel or something. He owns like a, a bar somewhere. Yeah, Jesse James Dupree is that guy's name. Jesse James Dupree sounds a lot like ACDC. The the, the voice he doesn't really fit the hair metal. Uh, sound, however, somehow they've managed to allow him under their tent, which I believe personally you should allow as many people as you can under your tent. I agree. Let's be a more giving Inclusion. society and let Jackal and let Jackal and Winger and and Dangerous Toys tour together. Yes, <laughs> you knew none of those bands. No, no absolutely. <laughs> I not. could not tell you a single thing about any of them. The hit from Winger. She's only 17. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Looked upon differently now than it may have been then. <laughs> yes, but it is. <laughs> it is their most oh popular song. God. <laughs> what oh, a yeah. legacy. <laughs> Kip. Kip Winger is that guy. Kip Winger KP is here as well. Yes. I'll, no. We can do something else. We'll do... Uh, the police Perkins. No, that might not be good either. Um, All right, well, let's get on to what we're doing today. Uh, we're doing Soundgarden. Titular uh, Ray. Super unknown. I- I'm right. Uh, we're doing uh, Soundgarden Super Unknown. I believe this album came out in 94. 1994. Yeah. Uh, Soundgarden were part of the big. Uh, well, were, yeah, were they were part of the big four uh, grunge. I. I th- think uh, the big four which consists of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Fathers of Grunge. For whatever reason, I always think Alice in Chains was like a later like I always placed them in like early 2000s for like no I, reason. I want to say Facelift is pre I could be wrong, but I want to say for some reason Facelift is pre Nevermind. 
and pre-bad motor finger, but I'm not 100% sure on that. It came out like a couple months before, maybe? Yeah, it's not like it was... Well, the, uh... Dude, it was okay, crazy. it was actually two years. <laughs> Facelift came out in 1990. Okay, all right. And Soundgarden had two... Like, they, they formed in 84, but it was only Ty and Cornell. Mm-hmm. And they must have been young, young, young. Because they weren't old when they broke through three albums. Like, I think the first album is... Uh, I actually have it down here when the first album was. Uh, it doesn't matter when it was. Anyway, then they put out uh, Louder Than Love, which kind of preps everybody for what winds up being uh, Bad Motor Finger, which they get some... Uh, Bad Motor Finger, I think, had the unlucky fortune of coming out the same day as Nevermind, maybe? Which, wow. which But now... Steel Cage, Jesus Christ Pose, Pose, Jesus Christ Pose, um, Rusty Cage, Outshined were all huge hits for them. They opened, I saw them on a Lollapalooza tour, I saw them open for guns in that time period. And, and of course, Cornell is this incredible voice. And then you have this album comes out and it winds up being a number one record. They win two Grammys off of it. I think it may have sold nine million copies. It, um, it is one of my top ten records to ever be made, and uh, I, I love this record. Is that it? The rap? Yeah, That's I think I think you um, you managed to encapsulate it <laughs> quite well. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I rate it pretty high out of ten. I rate it excellent. I rate it an eight. Not a- out, out of. Again, that, that's what I'm saying, where you just give them a number and you let them decide what, what? it is, what it's out of. You know what I mean? I, it's like, I give it a four. It's like, do you mean a four out of five or a four out of ten? Depends. Did you like the album? If so, four out of five. If you didn't like it, <laughs> four out of ten. <laughs> uh, you got to hedge your bets with stuff like this. Right. right. Uh, but, but this album, um, originally the only thing I had heard from it was Black Hole Sun. Because yes. that, that was the song. Yeah, I'm familiar with Black Hole Sun. Uh, and Spoon Man. Spoon Man. I love Spoon Man. Spoon Man's one of my favorite tracks. Just uh, so fun. It's just a fun yeah. track for me. It's amazing, right? You, you have a street performer that they that they. And if you've ever seen the video or seen this gentleman perform, you have a street performer and they're infatuated with him. He's in Seattle. All these bands that we've talked about are from Seattle. This is the, the moment of the, their, that city's moment in music. Even though. Pre that is Hendrix and all and Hart and all that. Post that's a lot of good stuff too. They they think this guy's incredible and they literally sit down and write a song and utilize his talents in it. And when you hear it the first time, if like back then you wouldn't or like nowadays you might not even think that's really real. And then to see this guy actually do this and make these the whole time and it is this huge percussion instrument that dominates this track and it's amazing, right? Yeah, it's the only song I've ever heard that has a spoon solo. Right. Right. You may be listening to the wrong stuff then, buddy. And yeah, you know what? You're right. You just, how many washboard tunes do you know? <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. Obviously. Not enough. You know, I thought about getting into the washboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. And of course, the howling of Cornell over oh, the top yeah. of that. Oh, in dude. and out of Cornell's those. Cornell's voice vocals. was... It was and I do like this album, but Cornell's voice was by far my favorite part of this album. Well, 
to me, like I love the earlier stuff of his and I love the later stuff of his, right? Yeah. But to me, right here is where he manages to place his voice both with the not so loud howling and the loud howling. He he hits the nuances and the mass power perfectly. It's one to me it's one of the better vocal performances any hard rock singer has had. Uh I, I agree. You know, it, um, he he is a once in a lifetime performer. Agree. Vocally. Yes, I agree. I think it works phenomenally for this album. Yeah, and I want to touch on that. Po- remind me to touch on that post the conversation about this record. Um. So, so <laughs> Jared, Jared, do you have anything else to say about it? Because uh, are we going to go into favorite tracks or? Uh, I was actually just going to talk about a couple of my favorites because I, I think we're kind of emblematic. Go ahead of the entire one. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked Mailman. Mailman just just rules. Right. It's just it's just one of those songs that I classify as it's just a cool song. Right. Right. It's just it, dope. Now it is a literally a song about going postal. Yes. You go into work that day, you kill your boss. You kill your boss. That kind of thing. This album is dark. It is It is. It, it talks a lot about a journey into insecurities, into defending yourself through matching darkness with darkness. Yes. Which is a, a tough content. Feeling separated from the world in a lot of ways. Correct. Uh, one of my other favorite tracks was The Day I Tried to Live. Oh. I really like it. Um I think the lyrics on this album are off the chain, and I think they're really good in this song particularly. I don't know, man. I I just love it. It's just the day he tried to live, the day he put effort into going out there and doing it made him feel like he was exploiting others. Mm -hmm. Uh, I stole a thousand beggars' change and gave it to the rich. I let the martyrs stretch. I wallowed in the blood and mud with all the other pigs. I think that's right. That's so good. It just feels like when you do participate in this world, the way it's set up, you do feel like you are like going down into the mud and just swinging with everybody else, just like you. Yes, that's what he says. He's just like you. Just like you. Right. I'm this incredibly horrible human, and that's how I'm supposed to be. Right. And multiple times, that's a theme in here. Is that I can't. I'm not allowed to be happy yes it, you know what i mean yeah. i'm not allowed to not want material i'm not allowed to not i have to be this ogre of a man yes in order to survive in the society which you've thrown at me yeah which in mailman matching derision from the boss with violence you know right. what i mean right 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 it feels like it's the only way to do it uh, who's the beautiful presence on the record it's just like suicide right she she lived like a martyr and she flied so sweetly she, she lived like a martyr but she died just like suicide Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what happens to the flower. Right? It's crushed. Underfoot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Go and ahead. then, obviously, Black Hole Sun, classic song. Right. It's it's really esoteric. He pretty much says, again, I, I like how straightforward Cornell is. They just have, like, quotes where he just says, like, oh, yeah, this song's about this. And it's like, oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, Black Hole Sun's about, like, nothing. But Ty's guitar, or Thal, Dude, Thal his guitar in killer. this song, and through the record, but in this song especially. You were going to say something about Black Hole um, Black Hole Sun is probably my second favorite song on the album, my favorite being Fell on Black Days. Woof. Very good one. Just, just mm-hmm. like... It's very bleak, <laughs> right? Right. Especially with with it's probably it's honestly probably the bleakest on the album. Uh, which is yeah, which is 
a high bar. <laughs> yeah, or low. Low. <laughs> <laughs> it's below the muck. <laughs> but it's it's just God, Cornell it's probably my favorite Cornell vocal performance. Just the way and, and the whole album is very shoegazy. Mm-hmm. K- kind of. It's very psychedelic. And I think Fallon Black Days does that best. I think just the thought of, oh, just when I was happy, I did just this black day f- fell on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. And yeah. <laughs> right. Um, if, if I were to have some critique of the album, it's that, I don't know, some of the songs are just kind of filler to me. Like kickstand and fresh tendrils. I'm just like, oh, that sure does sound. Oh yeah, this is one of the songs from this album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I actually kind of liked half the. It's it's like a weird acoustic thing. It's got the the Indian. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me. That, that I think I like it have. as much as I do because it reminds me of System of a Down's Arto. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is probably the reason why I like why I like that song, but um, even the other uh, acoustic song like Head Down, I, I thought I thought that song was good. Um, Limerick, they, they, these are these all these songs are really good. I just feel like some there's some fat on this album that could have been cut off. Specifically, Fresh Tendrils and Kick in Kickstand. I don't remember those two songs at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't off the top of my head remember the content of those much i can't remember the melody i can't <laughs> but but this album actually overall is just an incredibly solid grunge mm. record well i like the way too you know the way when it starts you let me drown is this ferocious and my wave it, it's not it's not a pop song but it has yeah. a, a strong oh, dude the hooks aggressive on aggressive melody pop. Oh, right 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 and then that that of those take you into like my wave is almost like a a modern, well, not modern anymore, but an aggressive, more take on. Remember the the Stones had a hey, hey, you you get off of my cloud, you know that, and then they take it even further into a, a almost a, a fighting version of that. You know, don't come over here and piss on my gate. You know what I mean? It's, it's just then that leads into Black Days, like you said, and that leads into Mailman, like I said, and then Super Unknown is a fantastic. I was going to yeah. ask about the the, the title, title track. track. Yeah, yeah. What about it? I uh, just I love it. I, I think uh, the the concept and what he describes in this album on this track and Black Hole Sun specifically, mm-hmm. I think it's it just it's so evocative, alive in the super unknown, having to navigate the world as it is on this scale that it is. I think is important. And doesn't Super Unknown and Black Hole Sun both feel like you're like in the galaxy? Yes, I think it that's, is so that's, crazy that's, that's how they take you thing. off planet. That's the whole point. Is you are the world is bigger than it ever has been, and right. navigating it, and the the moral pitfalls, and all that, and it, it's like having to put for effort into that. Mm-hmm. It's so different than it used right. to be, and that's what's so beautiful about this record to me is you have. Uh, Bad Motor Finger, Louder Than Love. Those are aggressive metal records, and they, the content is similar. You know, Jesus Christ poses by far not a happy song, right? And then uh, Outshine, and all, but and they're they're heavy records because Soundgarden does heavy even when it's not. No, oh, yeah, even when it's not fast, it's heavy. There's a weight to what they're doing. 
Mailman. But exactly. Mailman, yeah, mailman's slow. Limo wreck. Limo wreck. Is, is yeah. a sludge. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, sludge. But word. you have inside of this record, like you don't like kickstand, but it, there is a little bit of punk to that to that track, right? The the song you do like half, it has that Indian feel to it. These these first two tracks are these rolling thunders and then you start to slow into a, a trudge and all that. And then like you said, you get super unknown and it's almost like there's nothing really like that. And then you get into Black Hole Sun and it's a Beatlesque and it was funny because they, yeah. they said everybody says we're going Harrison Lennon. I think we're going Ringo. Yes. Right? And it, it but it is, it has that if if the Beatles had been a metal band and and fairly depressed, they could have done this, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I, the I, Beatles were fairly depressed, right, weren't they? Right, right, right. I, I like the 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 nature that the album shifts through through like the kind of fast rage to slow sludge to like almost a melancholy. Right, but and the, what you don't have is joy. Pool. No, there's no joy on this album. It's right. sad. It's this interesting it's thing, though, right? Because you go through this range of emotions through the tempo of the record. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. Literally, but you never get to be happy. No. Literally the best you ask for in the whole album on Black Hole Sun is just apathy. Right. Because to me, that's what or a wonder. black hole... Or one, Yeah. That's to me what a black hole sun is. It's the rain being sadness, mm-hmm. a, a an apathy that kind of consumes. Because what is... An, like a black hole sun, I think of an eclipse, right? Right. Uh, an eclipse basically mutes the sun. Right. If that makes sense, like all you Absolutely get is the does. fringes of emotion around the black hole, black hole sun. So it's just that apathy kind of taking over, right, to make everything at least calm. Right. And if you rely on the sun, then there is uh, a great deal of disorientation. You're disoriented, right, because you don't have that to draw your power from. But if the sun is your enemy. And bark, you know, shit. Then you get peace. Yes. Right? And and that's the thing here. If I can't get peace through being who I want to be, then can I get peace through matching your venom? And then you can't. And then I, can I get it through the and eventually you wind up finding out, well, you know, maybe maybe an afterlife is where the peace exists. You know what I mean? And that's also Obviously, all of this record hits weird with Chris having passed away the way he did. Yeah, right. It, it, you know, it, but he dealt with. I mean, the way he grows. You know, he's a roommate with Andy Wood, who dies of an overdose. He's a roommate of uh, Lane Staley, who dies of an overdose. They're like that whole community. I, I remember when, and I didn't realize this band had been together since '84. But you know, somewhere around '80. Somewhere, maybe two years before that, Duff McKagan leaves Seattle to go to L.A. to get away from the fact that all his friends were ODing. And these people all stayed, and yet all their friends wound up doing what? ODing. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, it is... There's a reason why all of this music resonated in a time of insecurities for the younger people. And there's a reason why all of these people, Kurt, Eddie... Eddie being the most happy of the group, which is not happy at all. Uh, the bar is Chris low. Lane, Lane, <laughs> and Jerry Cantrell. These lyric writers. There's a reason all of what they did. The content wasn't crazily different from one another. It just everyone had their own. Like the the vo- first of all, the vocalists that came out of Seattle in that in that little period. When you're right, talking about Cornell, who is one of the great great 
you, you put him there with Robert Plant. You can put him there with anybody you think is the greatest vocalist of all time in this genre, hard rock, heavy metal. He's there. Kurt is as original a sound singer and able to put across what he wants his message to be with his vocals as good as anybody who's ever done that. Eddie Vedder. Ditto. Lance Daly is his own sound. And I don't know if you would say he's a great singer. Nothing sounds like Lance Daly. And if you want to feel creepy, listen to anything he sings on. Because he's there. Whether it's River of Deceit with Mad Season or Jarflies or whatever, right? The and the beauty was they were beauty's the wrong term completely but they were able to find other musicians who helped them push their messages in, in some in like in the Kentrell Staley case they're pushing that message together Kentrell almost always felt like was just writing songs about how crazy his partner Staley was but the other guys all were able to push their voices together and, and visions together through the fact that each one met a guitarist who was fantastic. Yes. Or in Pearl James' case, two of them. Or in Kurt's case, he was all those things in one human. Kurt was. Because the food, you know. Uh, unique. Food Fighters. Uh, Dave Grohl. Grohl, he doesn't really come into his own till later. He, t- he like took mental notes and became, I'll take that and make it fun. Let's see where that goes. Oh, wow, that's the greatest. Dave Grohl's mega talented. Right, of course. Who should go first? Who should go first? Are we going to rank this thing? Let's rank this thing. Jerry, what you got? Nine. Nine? Nine. Are you German? Yes. I refuse to rank it. Okay. <laughs> what you got? Like a seven and a half or an eight. Seven and a half. You no, almost no, liked it. No, I like a it. A solid eight. I'll give it like a solid eight. All right. All right. So six. Exactly. Which is almost a five. So it might as well be a two. Four. Wait, what? That, that was a big cut. I'll give it a ten. I, lo- I love this record. You did say it was in your top ten albums. Yeah. Well, I thought it was Unless probably... Unless you're, like, really, really harsh on your no. rating score. Yes, I gave... This is my favorite album. Uh, I give it a seven. I gave... <laughs> What's going on, Marvin Gaye? I gave it a two. But it's what? my number four album. <laughs> Nothing's a four. But um, I do understand, like, how... This album and a lot of what Chris wrote doesn't wind up getting these huge refocuses in different time periods because it, it there is it's not happy music. Well, it's it also feel good music, you know. Well, it's also and I'm not insulting the album, but it's a little dated. Like you can tell that it came out in the '90s. Like, like the chorus on the day I tried to live, where the, with the production on it. It's you. It's not bad. It's it's a dated that reflects well on the time it came out, but you can still kind of tell when it came out. You can tell. Oh, this is a '90s grunge album. It's not. Oh, you're gonna kill me. All right. No, I was gonna move <laughs> on from that. Um, if that's the to me, it you're gonna die on. I'll kill you on it. No, <laughs> you really want? No, no, no. I was gonna move on. Um, what I find interesting is with his with his passing. The focus of Chris Cornell's music has oh, not sorry. been Audio Slave or Soundgarden. The focus has been the acoustic Billy Jean, the acoustic uh, Patience. The Patience was a number one release this year in adult music. Have you heard that? No. Yeah, I, I, you I haven't have no heard clue that. what you're on about. You haven't heard yeah. Chris Cornell sing no. Billy Jean. I no. know. I have no clue what you're on about. You've never heard Chris Cornell sing acoustic um, 
Prince's song you wrote for Sinead O'Connor? No. No. Are y'all serious right now? No, we, we have no clue what you're on about. <laughs> I, I got lost somewhere. You have never heard these? No. N- no. We I don't keep not. up. Okay, in all fairness, I don't keep up with 90s grunge people. Well, I mean, if much. you put, like, <laughs> me neither. Like, like, like so Green Day, evidently. Like, Alt Nation, though, was. Green <laughs> Day's the grunge people? <laughs> you're right. But, like, even, even like, Alt Nation was playing the, the Chris Cornell Patience. Cover I mean, maybe I've heard it, but I, I guess I would not have been like paying really? attention to who it was, if that makes sense. Really? You know what I mean? Like, maybe if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, but like off the top of my head, no. Nothing compares to you. You never heard him do nothing compares to you. No. No. I didn't, in okay, fact, well, up until this very moment, I didn't know he he did any of that. Okay, so he, they put out a, they, they put out a no, one sing, no One Sings Like You Anymore record. Chris right. Cornell, and it is an anthology of music he did. It includes Soundgarden, it includes Audio Slave, it mm-hmm. includes his solo work, and it includes tracks that were never before released. And a lot, of, you know, several of those tracks were just acoustic things he had done in a studio. And like I said, he got like this a little bit of a, which is odd to me, that it doesn't matter. What was odd to me is that those things got play on uh, the, the Sirius XM style radios and a lot of the other stuff didn't get a rebirth, right? right. But then it kind of makes sense to me because those songs don't weigh heavy like the stuff he wrote does. That I, what's really interesting to me is when he does Patience, you know, Patience has the rant at the end mm-hmm. where Axel goes, you know, I've been walking the streets at night. It's not a you know, Axel doesn't do love songs that continue to be hopeful after the coda. Yeah. They always change direction after the code and they turn into some form of yearning or um, anger. Something yes. happens after the code. It never stays happy. Uh, not knowing uh, instability, something, right? Yes. But when he does the end of it, there is a hopefulness in it because he doesn't yell it at the yes. end. And it's so interesting how covers can take on lives of their own and be completely different. I highly recommend you 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 find those tracks and listen to them because it does um, spotlight, which was that one thing that we'll never get back, which is the instrument of his voice. Yes, which is a sad thing because he was still able to produce that when he passed, and not everybody that. Um, is born with this incredible instrument continues to have that up until 49, 50, 51, 52 because they do use it so much. It, yes. I mean, nowadays with inner earpieces and things like that, their vocals wind up... It's a little easier. Right. And there's a lot of times, too, they're like smart enough to know back in the day, a rocker might not realize that he needs to do warm-up vocals, things yeah. like that. And he nowadays, just goes out there and he screeches like a pterodactyl after an eight for ball. thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and then ten he, cigarettes, some whiskey, an eight ball. Let's go sing. You know what I'm saying? And that's not great for your vocals. No. If you're young, you can do it, but you know, you get older, it's tough. All right. I, in theory, in theory, I myself have never done a three-hour show like that. I read about guys, though. Yes. Yes. We've seen a lot of guys. What did we listen to this week? Uh, what did we listen to this week? What did I listen to this week? Um, uh, this like okay, two weeks technically, right? Um, We're I literally going out there and pulling those up on YouTube, by the way. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I listened to. I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm just saying we're doing that. 
I'm listening to. <laughs> I'm not trying to interrupt. Interrupts. You even interrupted me. With what the have you been listening to, right? Uh, I listened to the. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but um, "Home Like No Place Is There" by the Hotelier. Hosier. I, I don't know, not Hosier. <laughs> but um, they they're a, they 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 were pretty. It's it's good. It's it's just pretty good. Like it it, it like it has some songs that I I really like, but also like. That dude's voice is annoying. <laughs> like, it's just really annoying. What but, genre of music is it? It's, a, it's like Midwest it. emo. It's 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 kind of those it, guys do have annoying voices. Is that, that is genre. that a genre? Midwest emo? Yes, that is a genre. <laughs> is there a West emo? Uh, is there a Northwest? Mid- Northeast emo? Northeast emo? Well, emo doesn't exist there. In the Northeast. Nope. It's just it's not depressing in the big cities of the Northeast. Yeah, have you been? To, have you looked at Maine? Have you ever seen an image of Maine? They're, they're not producing unfathomable music up there. I don't know who is. Everybody out of here. There's a lobster loose. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, you telling me the place that birthed Stephen King doesn't have actually what music even comes dude. from the Northeast? Well, I mean, you have New York. I feel like I New York go... and Boston put some music out. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, but New. I'm talking about like Maine. Oh. Like I'm talking about like the country, the the dark country. Jersey. I want to hear whatever mute. Yeah, Jersey. The boss is from Jersey. Exactly. That's all that matters. I bet they make some unfathomable metal music up there. Yes, I bet they do. I would think too that there's like some folk, folk stuff Maine going on for? up there in the water. Yeah, uh, folk metal. Maine's music and breaths <laughs> and which is like a banjo hooked up. To That's like a, a thing. Where's that? Where's yeah. that genre when I needed it? Washboard, spoon man, banjo, electric. James guitar. Hetfield. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's go. I'll learn how to play the washboard. <laughs> What's but, next? But the, 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 the albums, it's 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 all right. It's it's differing levels of all right. Your deep rest is a phenomenal song, uh, but like the last song, just I don't know that dude's voice. The production. My problem is that the production is really clean, so his voice sticks out. So that's that's my problem with a lot of vocalists like that. Is that. Okay, another another band that I listen to again. Uh, I, I feel like I've been saying this weekly, but uh, I listen to the Brave Little Abacus again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more I listen to this, the more I do realize this really do be a top ten album of all time. Okay. <laughs> um, just got back from the discomfort. We're all right. Um, the reason why okay, Adam's voice is nasally, but the reason why I do like it is because of the really thick production mm-hmm. and. I also think, like, the actual playing is so masterful, and the production is thick, and it's not really that great, but that, but in all honesty, the the playing itself is so masterful that uh, everything from the kind of poor production to Adam's voice, it just enhances the experience for me. Um, I, I will say this, when I first listened to it, I originally hated it. Because of that, <laughs> because it's just a lot to take in when you first hear it. Again, it has like video game noises. It has a lot of horns. Um, 
there's a certain part in the song um, A Highway Got Paved Over My Future I Drive My Way to School These names <laughs> They're just sentences Exactly uh, but there, there's a point where where the breakdown happens, and it's a blaring horn that turns into a uh, <laughs> a very sweet horn, just out of nowhere, and it's incredible. And then the breakdown happens, and every song just flows together so well. It's it's great, just great. Um, I. Listened to um, uh, 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 MCR Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Uh, really good album. Really, really good album. Um, the 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 story is kind of bad, but it's a really good album. <laughs> uh, the way they the way they convey it, it's just done better on Black Parade. Uh, I think that's about it. No. Oh, I listened to the microphones. Um, specifically, I felt your shape. Quite good. Yeah, been a little rough. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just how that's just how Phil Elverum's music is. <laughs> I was just talking to someone earlier about uh, Mount Erie's music. And I was like, man, The Crow looked at me is just like one of my favorite albums that I, I just physically cannot listen to. The Crow looked at me. The Crow looked at me is just like a live grieving session. It's, like it's horrible. I. I can't get like a minute in the first song without crying. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, it's like I love the Glow Part 2. It's one of my favorite albums ever. I just can't listen to it. It's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. As much as I love it. Yeah. What did you listen to this week, Jerry? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? No, I've been very busy. All right. All right. I listened to the album that we talked about, mm-hmm. um, but that was that was about it. Uh, Lingua Ignota put out a new album I will be listening to. Um, what was it? Sinner Get Ready. I hope it's like Caligula. Caligula is one of my favorite albums. Uh, I hope this one is just as harsh to listen to. Because mm-hmm. I love that. She spent some time in rural Pennsylvania. So it's I hear it's got some like folk influence. I'm excited. Very excited. Oh, I thought that's why she was really... So. No, that's why she's really, yeah, I mean, that's just rural Pennsylvania just, like, does that to you. Do it's you, like Maine. Did you got... It's, yeah, it's like Maine. It's one of the homes of bluegrass metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you joke, but that's literally a thing. That's actually a thing. Yeah. Hey, um, anything else you listen to this week, Ray? Um, not necessarily. I just listen to a lot of Brave Little Abacus because that's all I listen to now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm still listening to the new Prince record. I I like it a great deal. Oh, I heard the Prince album. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we were thoughts? in the car together. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. I mean, a, a lot of the songs were just very slow, but other than that, it's pretty neat. That's a huge Ray review there from Ray. Epic. Kind of encapsulates. Well, Ray hates Prince, so exactly. There you go. Ray's an, an anti-monarchist. <laughs> Guns and Roses released the first new song in 13 years. Absurd. Is it good? That's the name of the song. The song's not absurd. Oh. It is actually absurd. It is a reworking of a song called Silkworms. 
um, that he released that he did. I want to say he did it live at a rock in Rio prior to democracy coming out. And then like it didn't make the album. Wow. And, uh, then they took that and slash and duff turned it on its head and they put it out in a different format. They sang it Wednesday live, uh, Monday live in Boston or Sunday live in Boston and then turned around and released it on Thursday. Who were the people Which that originally the, worked it? Those people weren't... That may be why it wasn't on the album. Those people weren't with the band when... It was actually a Dizzy Reed who is with the band. Well, I was just going to say, the, 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 I, I imagine those people would be very insulted. The drummer prior <laughs> The drummer prior to... Well, of course, Axel worked on it. But the drummer prior to Frank Ferreira, what was his name? Maybe the Perfect Circles drummer. If, if my mind is right, worked on that with them. But if he gets some credit in there, then he might get some royalties in there. So that might work out good for him, um, which I don't think he needs either. Probably not. I don't think anybody that worked in those sessions needed cash. Um, let's see. What else was going on this week? I listened to the Stooges, the first Stooges album, which was cool. Listen to a little. Uh... Yes, sir. Um, just, I'm just gonna talk about the fact, Jared, when you earlier, when you, when you commented on the names of these songs. Yes. How dare you? They're just sentences. I'm just gonna read them. They're just sentences. Please don't cry. They stopped hours ago. They just, pile. Just no. Pile, pile. The blah, blah, blahs. Well, that was just like a more or less, that sounds just like a, a band name. I listened to an Isley Brothers <laughs> playlist, and I listened Isley to Brothers? Isley Brothers. I don't know them. You should. What genre? Isley Brothers is uh, soul and R&B and rock. Jimi Hendrix okay. was with the Isley Brothers for a moment. The guitarist, I've seen uh, the lead guitarist for the Isley Brothers listed as one of the top, you know, 15, 20 guitarists of all time. They do covers of like Summer Breeze. They have, they do Shout. Lift your oh. hands up and shout. Up and oh, shout. Okay, yeah. that's one you would know. But then they go on for another, you know, till they still perform. So, oh wow, yeah, right, right, right. And then I listened to the new Nas record, King's Disease Three. I liked it very, very much. There is a song with Eminem on it that I probably will skip over. Some I just don't love him. Twenty tens Eminem. I'm not saying it was bad. Twenty. I just don't particularly 20, love him. Twenties Eminem. But the neat thing to me about Nas is you don't. He doesn't require a lot in the background to be great. And there is a track there he does with Lauren Hill, which is cool to hear her back and working. And she's doing, she's laying down uh, rap tracks. And at the end, he says something about how they're not going away, which I was hoping could mean that maybe Lauren in this moment does a track with him and then decides maybe I like doing this again and we could get more from Lauren Hill because I feel like she's a voice that's important. I like as many as much crazy as you can give me. Let me decide how much is too what's much. Kinda, crazy what's kind of what's kind of funny about what you said about the Nas Eminem thing was that like if somebody said, "Oh, hey, here's," if somebody walked not somebody walked up to me, but if somebody announced that, "Oh, there's this deep cut that came out in like 2001 with uh, Eminem and Nas on it," I'd be like, "Yeah," but there, but now it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's 2020, so that's that Eminem. You said it wasn't. That song wasn't great. I just I don't <laughs> love his. I, I don't. 
Eminem has a unique cadence that makes him an uber successful to every human in the world but me. But there's something about his tone, and again, it's like it's like all the great lead singers, right? Have a, have a unique sound, and then there's a, a group of people that just can't stand that band because Michael Stipe sounds like Axl Rose sounds like James Hetfield sounds like Dave Mustaine sounds. You know, they're so unique, but by the same token, it's the same thing that turns certain people off. Yes, Eminem's that guy for me. And I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. I love some of the big hits, uh, you know. But by the same, are you token, telling me you don't like the line "Like a liar's pants, I'm on fire"? I don't even get. I'm not even getting into all that. I'm. I'm, I'm saying. Huh? I think straight, he's. A, straight, br- I think he is. They call me brilliant. Gwen. I don't. I call. Dispute they call his me, spot in the world. They call me Gwen Stacy to Spider Man. <laughs> ha ha! Hey, are you knocking that? Absolutely, I. Am. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> Lil Wayne lyrics. I just uh, Lil Wayne's so corny, dude. So is that a rap? Or we just I got like, money under my nose? That's a must stash. <laughs> Woo! It's a dad joke rap. It's awful. Ah, <laughs> uh, wait. Hold on. What's wrong with dad jokes? They killed comedy. Um, <laughs> so it's a rap then. Oh, big talk from your generation. <laughs> Amogus, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so it is a rap then? Yeah. Art is dead. That is the end of our podcast. <laughs> this has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. For my good friend. Rush. Just call me Rush, Jared. Um, Jizza Jared. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'll take that over some of the others. Uh, R.E.M. Ray. Uh, yeah, sure. That's for his sleep, though, not the band. Yes. Important. <laughs> you can me, KP. Over here, too. Check out our friends at the Gin Project. <laughs> the G-I-N-N Project.com. The, the guy, uh, Charles, is making guitars now. So you might want to look into that if you're into tunes. Check out his Facebook page, too. And does that mean we are going to? Uh, that's a wrap. Go home. <laughs>